Hey, Steve here, and this is one more episode for the kids. It's for the grown-ups, too, but it's mostly for the kids. I got a message last week from a student's mom asking me if tardigrades are real, if the crazy things we all hear about them are true, and if there's any way to find them and see them. So today's episode is about tardigrades, tiny little almost microscopic critters that are also known as water bears and moss piglets. Moss piglets. I love them just for that name. Now, if you're not familiar with tardigrades, let me recommend that you pause the program for a second and go look up a picture of them so you know what I'm talking about. I'll wait. Okay, here we go. There are more than a thousand species of tardigrades in the world. They like to have a thin film of water around their bodies to keep them from drying out, but they live everywhere, and I mean everywhere, as you'll soon learn. And even if they lose their little water shield and dry out, it doesn't seem to hurt them. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Now, tardigrades are cute little critters with six stubby little legs, and each leg has between four and six claws on it. I say they're cute, but if you were to blow one up to the size of a football, cute probably wouldn't be the first word that comes to mind. Their bodies are plump and round and wrinkled, but their face is something out of a nightmare. Imagine a pig without eyes and with a single nostril in the center of its nose. And those claws? Those claws could do serious damage. They're also not as soft and squishy as they look. They're actually covered with chitin, the hard substance that your fingernails and the shells of grasshoppers and June bugs are made of. Now, luckily, tardigrades aren't the size of a football, so we can get away with calling them cute. Most of them are about half a millimeter long. Now, to give you a sense of how small that is, I want you to hold up your index finger. Your first knuckle, the one with the nail on it, is about 19 or 20 millimeters long. So you could line up around 40 tardigrades nose to tail on your knuckle and still have room for a few more. They're tiny, but man, are they tough. Tardigrades are members of a family of weird living things called extremophiles, which literally means lovers of nasty, uncomfortable places. They can live 30 years without food or water. Now, I can't make it to lunch without food or water. They can be boiled at 300 degrees Fahrenheit. They can be exposed to the extreme cold of outer space. They can be placed under pressure that's six times the pressure at the bottom of the deepest canyons in the ocean. They can be exposed to nuclear radiation at a thousand times the level that would kill a human. And each time they get exposed to these extreme conditions, they wake up, they scratch their tiny little heads, and they say, what happened? And they go right back to living their little water bear lives. Now, there are several reasons they can get away with this. The first is that they have a special protein in their bodies that protects them. And it especially protects their DNA when they're exposed to high heat and radiation that would otherwise damage it. The second is their ability to undergo what's called cryptobiosis. When tardigrades are in a very dry environment and they're in danger of losing all the water in their bodies through evaporation, they roll up into a tiny little ball, pull in their head and their legs, squeeze all the water out of their bodies, and become dormant in a form called a tun. That's spelled T-U-N. They survive in this completely dried out state by replacing the water in their cells with a protective type of sugar called triolose, 
which protects their cells until water becomes available and they can rehydrate and get back to the business of being moss piglets. They can also go into a state called cryobiosis, which helps them survive being frozen. So let's review. They can be frozen. They can be boiled. They can be exposed to radiation. They can be cooked in the high pressure of an Instapot. And they can be left outside on the front porch of the International Space Station, all without doing any long-term damage to them. Basically, tardigrades can apparently survive just about anything. In fact, there's a container filled with several thousand tardigrades lying on the surface of the moon because back in 2019, an Israeli spacecraft crashed that was carrying the container full of tardigrades. The chances are very good that when we eventually recover that container, we'll be able to add a little water, shake it up, and bring those little critters back to life. So, how do you see tardigrades? Well, it's actually easier than you might think. You need to go on a hike in the woods and find a clump of moss and put it in a little dish filled with water, preferably overnight. Turns out that while tardigrades can live in any environment, they prefer wet, moist places like clumps of moss in the forest. Anyway, after soaking the moss in the water for a while, pour out the water in the dish and then gently squeeze the water from the moss into a little glass container like a petri dish, for example. It's most likely going to be filled with tardigrades. Now, I've done this lots of times, and I've never been disappointed. You are going to need access to a low-power microscope or a high-power magnifying glass, but nothing fancy. As I said earlier, water bears are very small, and they're also pretty transparent, which makes it hard, not impossible, but hard to see them without some kind of magnification. I have spotted them with just a magnifying hand lens. It just takes some patience. Tardigrades are strange little beasts that scientists barely understand. And those things that they do might teach us things we can do to improve human health. Amazing, isn't it? Animals as big as humans, learning from something as tiny as a moss piglet. What a world. Hey, I'll see you in the next program. Hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.